Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Regular occurrences here on the show is Alex walks in and he's got the 32 thoughts podcast playing every he did day. It this morning. He walked in. He said, Hey, I'm listening to my guys, Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman. And right now we are having the distinct pleasure of going out to the Brown and Crippen celebrity line to be joined by one of the co-hosts of the 32 thoughts podcast. He's Jeff Merrick, NHL insider for Sportsnet. You can also follow him on Twitter at his name, at Jeff Merrick. Jeff, thanks so much for hopping on with us today, man. How you doing? Good. The pleasure is mine. Um, I guess I have Alex school day. Wow. Oh boy. <laughs> you do, Jeff. I thought you, were, I thought you were smarter than that, Alex. No, are you kidding me? I listen to it, but I always follow the rules. If it goes well, I credit Jeff Merrick, and if it goes south, then I blame Elliot Friedman. Right. Elliot Friedman's fault. Right. I'm yeah. here to win, uh, win or tie. That's what I'm here for. The I know the rules. Elliot. Yeah, that's good. That's good. What's up, boy? So, Jeff, let's just start with the Blues because, you know, we we had the common questions that we were going to get into with you, but then we listened to the podcast today and the conversations between you and Elliot about this Blues team, Mm. and and it it really does sound like as much as people aren't happy with the way that this season has gone, it does sound like there's a lot of faith, at least around the National Hockey League, that Doug Armstrong can flip this thing pretty quick. I don't think that, like, I wonder, here's what I wonder, and I think I know the answer to it. I wonder if Doug Armstrong and the St. Louis Blues look at this season as a one-off. These things happen. Like, this happens in all of sports. We expect everything to be linear in sports because it's easy to follow that way. When really, for the same purposes of this conversation, look at a team like the St. Louis Blues, I mean, all of the sports is kind of a bunny hop, right? It's a couple of steps forward, one small step back, two forward, two back. Like, these types of things just happen. I think, you know, Doug Armstrong has been around long enough to know that you don't overreact to these situations until you start to see a long-term trend. Now, you might say, hold on a second, Merrick. The trend has been since they let go of Alex Petrangelo, this, this downward type slide. And I get that. But I think we start to look at timelines and what this next wave of St. Louis Blues team is going to look like. And, you know, this is a team now, I think the number is, I, I think I was talking to someone on, on Saturday, one of our researchers who said that, you know, do you know that going back to the 2019 Stanley Cup final game seven, there's only five remaining players. And even one of those players had to go away and has now come back in Sammy Blay <laughs> that are still on the roster of the St. Louis Blues. Like, it really has been this, you know, this this pretty major turnover that, that Doug Armstrong is, has, has forward for us right now. And so we wonder about timelines. And I look at, you know, key players for the future, like Robert Thomas and Jordan Kairou. They're kind of in that 23, 24, 25 years old area. 
and say to myself, okay, well, what they're probably doing here is they're not going to strip this thing down to the nuts and bolts. That's not the way the St. Louis Blues have ever behaved. Go back to 1967 expansion. As you guys well know, this team makes in the Stanley Cup final the first three seasons, and it's never been a team that's gone through any type of rebuild. Have they had to take small steps backwards? Yes, but they've never had and they've never gone through any prolonged rebuild And I don't think it's going to be different this time at all. As a matter of fact, it would not surprise me at all if, you know, Doug Armstrong now with um, uh, with with three first round picks and prospects like Scott Prunovich or or Joel Hofer um, playing in the American Hockey League says, you know what? We actually have exactly what the Arizona Coyotes are looking for in a Jacob Chikrin deal. Left shot defenseman, first pairing guy, 24 years old, compliments and fits that timeline. Like, I don't know that by the time the draft rolls around that the St. Louis Blues are going to actually be picking three times in the first round because it wouldn't surprise me at all if, uh, if their general manager takes these assets and packages them into something that can complement the timeline that they're on right now. To say nothing of the fact that they have a lot of key players under contract, a lot of term on these deals as well. I don't think this is any type of, you know, long retreat at all for the St. Louis Blues. I think to kind of look at this as, you know what, this is a one-off year. These types of things happen. We're going to get rid of the guys that are on expiring deals, and that's it. Jeff Merrick is our guest here on 101 ESPN. All right, following up on that, Jeff, here's my first question on it. Okay. What is Jacob Chikrin? Because I think we've talked about him here in St. Louis for like two and a half years now on, hey, would he be a fit? Where does he fit? What is the con? All of these different things. Is he a legitimate number one defenseman on a winner? Like, how, how does he fit into a winning hockey team in your mind? Because we haven't really seen that with him down in Arizona. It's been tough. It's always hard to, to, to value or gauge the value of players when they're playing on a team that's not competitive for as long as the Arizona Coyotes have been. Um, here's what we know about Jacob Chicklin. Are there injury issues? Yes. Sometimes you hope that that's just a matter of luck and that happens early in someone's career and then it corrects itself. You can't bank on it, but you hope, right? So Jacob Chicklin is a, is a first-pairing defenseman. Let's just get that out of the way. Um, he can put up points. Um, the one thing that I that I like about Chikrin is he makes exits out of your own zone simple. He can pass it. He can carry it. He is a, a very quiet leader, but nonetheless, he is a leader, and he's a big, strong guy. And the one thing that we know about the St. Louis Blues, and this is historic as well, they really value muscle. Like This has traditionally been a team, and you look at that St. Louis Blues team that won the Stanley Cup in 2019. That was a collection of oak trees. And those, that, that defense was big. That was a big, strong blue line. And I think that's what's tempting for the St. Louis Blues when you look at someone like Jacob Chicker. Now, the, the, the cost is expensive. Like, make no mistake about it. Like, Arizona is looking to essentially put together the, the new age version of the old Minnesota-San Jose-Brent Burns deal, which is essentially, and it's a combination of picks and players here, but essentially works out to three first-round draft picks. You know, an actual first-rounder and two players who were first-round draft picks once upon a time, one of them will probably have to be a first-round draft pick prospect. Um, I think he fits with a team like the St. Louis Blues. I also think he fits on a team like the Los Angeles Kings. But I look at St. Louis and I say, you know what, this is a team 
that has the assets to do it. I know L.A., you know, there's a, for a couple of reasons. I think one of them is Arizona didn't want to take any money back. They weren't able to come to terms on a deal. I think St. Louis can, and to me it makes a lot of sense. But to your question, you know, is he, is he a first-pairing guy? Jacob Chickwood is a first-pairing guy, absolutely. Jeff, that's been the narrative around this Blues team, at least in St. Louis this season, is, man, the offense is good, the defense is the problem. And when you look at Pareko and Krug and Falk and Letty, I mean, these guys have term, and three of the four have no trade clauses, which is difficult to move on from. So if a Chickren comes yeah. in, you would imagine one goes out. But when you look at this defense as it is now, do you feel like that's the area that does need to be addressed if this team wants to put themselves back into playoff contention next season? San Jose, San Jose, St. Louis's blue line to me is fascinating because if you look at what happened and everything is like, to me, the big demarcation for St. Louis is Alex Petrangelo because it seemed as if the moment that St. Louis let Petrangelo go and walk and end up signing with the Vegas Golden Knights. It seemed as if St. Louis went out of their way to kind of like, do you guys feel the same way that they kind of went in this mode of, we need to bring in as many different players who each did a piece of what Alex Petrangelo did. Because Alex Petrangelo did a ton of things. And it seems as if what they've done is sort of pieced together a blue line of a lot of things that one player used to do. Um, I don't, I mean, I think that that's an area that they need to address. I think that's an area that the St. Louis Blues are looking at. And instead of just grabbing, well, you know what? Tory Krug can do this and Nick Letty can do that. And, you know, listen, we, we brought in Justin Falk to begin with because we needed Petrangelo insurance. And thank goodness that we did because he ended up walking uh, and we had Justin Falk out of all of it. I think that they're, probably looking now and this is where you can look at Chickwin and say you know what he's not the exact same as Alex Petrangelo but this way we don't have to put together a blue line where it's a collection of players that all did a little piece of what Petrangelo used to do. I'm right there with you Jeff and just kind of as a follow-up to that it did feel like Doug kind of went into that offseason and said well we'll show you we can find somebody (laughs) who does what you do on our team and then next thing you know you were trying to just add on and on and on and it never matched it but kind of tying into the Jacob Chikrin and the ability to trade for something like that you get to Ivan Barbashev Jeff and that's another asset that Doug Armstrong has the ability to move before March 3rd and it seems like a lot of teams are interested do you think that an Ivan Barbashev is worth a first round pick to a contender. You know what I, I really wonder about? I wonder if Ivan Barb I, I wonder if Kyle Dubas inquired about Barbashev as well to Toronto and that there wouldn't have been two players going out but three. Yeah. I really do I really do wonder about that. And that would have meant um probably touching a roster player or maybe touching someone like, you know, if if you look at a huge deal like that, do you include like a Matthew Nyes? from the University of Minnesota, who's looking like a can't-miss prospect for the Maple Leafs. Um, I don't know that Barbashev brings a first-round draft pick. I, I, I really don't. Um, I know he will bring uh, a high draft pick. I just don't know if it's the first. Having said that, all it's going to take is two teams, mm-hmm. right? All it's going to take is, is, is two teams that want Barbashev. But I, I really wonder... Um, and no one's denied it yet if the Toronto Maple Leafs inquired about not two, but three players from the Blues on the weekend. Jeff, I guess here's the, the follow-up question then to the defenseman conversation. If they were to, whether it's Chikrin or somebody else that they end up looking at uh, going into the offseason, 
Do you think a guy like Pareko, Krug, Falk, Letty, somebody from their current blue line, do they have value out on the open market? Yes. Or is this a situation yes. where, really, okay. Yes, absolutely they do. Like, this is not going to be a situation where teams look at, you know, just take, you know, Colton Colton Pareko, for example. I mean, there is something just so so seductive about having someone with that skill set and that size um, on on your back end, I know that sometimes you know health sometimes can can be an issue here, but that's a like that is a valued commodity too. And listen, like Tory Krug, like I used to always say this about Tory Krug in, in Boston specifically. As much as everybody went you know crazy for Zdeno Chara and rightfully so, and the leadership and the cups and and all of that, you know Zdeno Chara never scored sixty points, and Tory Krug did. Like for the for, for the Boston Bruins, and you know it's always been an embarrassment of riches on the back end for Boston. I get that, but Tory Krug to me has always been one of the more underrated defensemen, kind of in the entire NHL. You might say like, well, hold on a second, Merrick. Yeah, the guy's making a big a big check, and he's what is he six and a half million dollars on your AAV? How can you say he's underrated? I, I still think that in this era, where it's more important than ever to be able to, to, to funnel the puck to forwards in the neutral zone quickly and efficiently. Um, and let's not forget, too, that Tory Krug, as you guys well know, brings an element of snarl to the game as well. I mean, he's not six foot four, but sometimes he plays like it or tries to play like it. Like, there's, there's a lot of value to these, to these blue liners right now. I think St. Louis knows it, and I think teams around the NHL do as well. Are they difficult trades to make right now? Yes, it's not about the number necessarily, it's about the term on the contracts. Like right now, we have no idea what's going to happen to the salary cap long term. We suspect it's only going to inch up a little bit right now. But considering what's happening with you know uh, uh, regional packages, and we all know the Bally situation, how is that going to affect hockey-related revenue? How is that going to affect the salary cap? We're going into a great unknown. So I think the one thing, if you're looking to move one of these blue liners, the thing working against you isn't the number. I think I think Doug Armstrong's done a really good job with the numbers here. The problem is when you're heading into an unknown, you don't want to be married to term, and these defensemen all have term attached. Real quick follow up, Jeff, and I know you're you're very gracious with your time, so thank you so much. No, but no in that term of Colton Pareko, you know, I, I I feel like I'm the Colton Pareko defender here in St. Louis, apologist more like because it does feel like that this is an outlier for him. Anytime you want to move on from a six foot six defenseman is always a tough move. But when you look at that, if the Blues did decide to go that direction, do you feel like that might be a move that they regret? I do. I do. But listen, listen, I, I, listen, I grew up and, and lived just outside of Toronto. So I know what happens when a fan base picks a defenseman and turns <laughs> on them. They can do whether, whether, listen, whether it's, you know, Corey Cross or Aki Berg or Larry Murphy or Brian McCabe, like there's, uh, uh, there's this, uh, uh, Jake Gardner, like there's this enormous, for whatever reason, there are some fan bases that always isolate one defenseman. And that defenseman becomes sort of emblematic of all the problems on that team. Jeff, the so, problem here me, for it, years it, was Jay Bomeister, and then he won a cup, yeah. and now we just want to find our next Jay Bomeister. Prior to him, it I was know, Eric and that, Brewer. I, yeah, and, and that, I think Eric, listen, I was talking to Freeman about Brewer not too long ago. I was like, we've totally forgotten how good a defenseman Eric Brewer was. <laughs> you know, we've forgotten like how good a defenseman, like we were mentioning Scott Hanna uh, in that conversation, yeah. uh, that conversation as well. But yeah, absolutely. I and mean, then like, you know, Jay Bowmeister has his health situation, and now everyone in St. Louis is like, wow, it was a real luxury having someone <laughs> that could gallop, gallop like that on the ice and, like, gallop the puck up 
wow, we could really use that right about. <laughs> it. Listen, man, when, when you have it, you can, you can get used to it and you can start to resent it. But trust me, that's a, that's a force for the trees. Like People understand how good Colton Pareko is. Trust me out there. Jeff, it is going to be a very fun next couple of days, and I know a very busy next couple of days for you guys at Sportsnet. Uh, always appreciate you hopping on with us. You're one of my favorites. You're one of our favorites on this show. So once again, thank you so much, and uh, enjoy the next 11 days leading up to the trade deadline. Should be wild. Buzz back anytime, gentlemen. Have a great rest of your day.